0: Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Are you ready for an all-new season of Survivor? You better be, because Survivor 46 is here, and it's 90 minutes of twists and turns you don't want to miss. Better yet, after each episode, there's a brand-new episode of On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast
2: And to ask Jeff some questions, because even after 26 days out there, there is still a lot for me to uncover.
1: Bring it, D. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: You're listening to Comedy Central.
3: Big tech news. Mark Zuckerberg has just revealed that from now on, people will have legs in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, and I, for one, am truly excited for what this means. Cause first you get legs, then you will get feet. Pretty soon, you'll be able to walk out of the metaverse and go literally anywhere else. <laughs> in climate news, New Zealand has just announced a plan to fight methane emissions by taxing cows for their burps. <laughs> and this is how much billionaires are winning in the world. Even cows are getting taxed before them. <laughs> and by the way, even if you support this general idea to try and slow climate change, you have to admit if you were a cow, you'd be pretty pissed about this. Oh, oh! hold on, hold on. You steal my milk, make me spend my whole life on death row, and now you you two nipple bitches are going to text me <laughs> for burping? Are you all driving electric cars? No! Are you all using solar panels now? No! You, you're still flying private jets, but I get text... OK, well, how about this? <clears throat> <laughs> you bitches! Take that, you bitches! Oh, those New Zealand cars are angry. All right, in... Uh In sports news, after it came out that NBA star Draymond Green of the Golden State Warriors punched his teammate in the face during practice, Green has announced that he will be taking some time off, which is a great reminder for everyone. Do not punch your coworkers unless you want some extra vacation time. (laughs) All right, let's move on to some of the biggest stories of the day, which for some reason all involve racism. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of racism, but it's a pretty hot thing these days. And uh, by these days, I mean the last like thousand years. <laughs> now, for some reason, for some reason, it seemed like everyone was extra racist this weekend. I, I don't know, maybe cause it was like a three day weekend. You know, <laughs> people had a little more time to kick back and work on their racism. Whatever it was, it almost seemed like people were competing to see who could be the most racist. So let's dive in to all the competition for a segment we call The Amazing Racism. <laughs> involving racism hails from the great state of Alabama. I know, I'm shocked too. (laughs) But what makes this racism special is that it's from a senator, one of the 100 best people in America. And he said it out loud on TV. Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama is facing a significant backlash from major civil rights groups for comments he made at a Trump rally over the weekend.
1: Senator Tuberville called out Democrats as being pro-crime. He also suggested that people who want reparations for ancestral slavery are to blame
3: for the crime.
2: The Democratic Party, they have a majority. They could stop this crime
3: today. They won't crime. They want crime because they want to take over what you got. They want to control what you have. They want reparation because they think the people that do the crime are owed that. Bullshit. They are not owed that. Woo, yeah, you tell them, Tommy. That thing you just made up right now about reparations is bullshit. We can't have that fake thing happening. Woo. I gotta save people. I've heard racists say all kinds of things. I've heard them say that black people are criminals, and I've heard them say that reparations are reverse racism, but it takes a true racism innovator to combine both ideas at the same time. (laughs) Yeah, this is like the stuffed crust pizza of racism, because I knew you could have crust, and I knew that you could have cheese, but I didn't know that you could put the cheese inside the crust that's holding the rest of the cheese, because now the crust is holding the cheese at the same time, that's genius! (laughs) Now, now, if you are confused, if you're confused by what this man is saying, congratulations, it means you're sane. <laughs> but his point is that Democrats want black people to do crime because that's basically reparations which the Democrats believe they deserve. And there are just two things I can think of off, off the top of my head, off the top of my head. Uh, one, how does this argument explain black people who steal things from other black people? Cause then who's reparating who? <laughs> And secondly, how is this man gonna stand on stage and imply that all criminals are black? Huh? That is disgusting. Has the senator never watched Netflix? Huh? (laughs) I'm not gonna stand here and let Tommy Chapperville erase all these white people's contributions. (laughs) This is the real racism, my friend. (laughs) Trying to make it seem like white people can't do crime. How dare you? People do crime just like anybody. These guys gonna make it seem like well, All my white friends in here, you can do the crime. You hear me? (laughs) You don't listen to these people say you can't, you can't do crime. You do the crime. (laughs) Look, you know what? While this is upsetting, you have to, it's not exactly surprising. I mean, he's an Alabama conservative named Tommy Tuberville. (laughs) This is not so, what would be surprising is if he got up on stage and he was like, I'd like to open today with my favorite passage from James Baldwin, (laughs) y'all. That's our first story and I hope you warmed up because this next one is a little more unexpected and it takes place in liberal LA.
1: In Los Angeles, the big political issue right now is a blockbuster tape recording that could force three city councilors to resign.
3: Nuri Martinez, a rising star in L.A. politics, potentially faces a career in ruins. The first Latina chosen to lead the Los Angeles City Council caught on tape making racist and offensive comments during a redistricting meeting with three Latino Democrats. At one point, Martinez talks about the black child of Mike Bonin,
1: a white council member in Spanish calling the boy a little monkey.
2: There's this, this white guy with this little black kid who's misbehaved. The kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the floor, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. That is changuito. Kind of
0: like a little white kid, which I was like, this kid needs a beatdown. Like let me let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back.
3: Oh boy, yeah. A Latina Democrat called the black son of a white colleague, a little monkey, was bouncing all around the walls. I'm sorry, bouncing all around the effing walls. Yeah, thank you for censoring yourself. I I appreciate it, that was weird. I mean, I'm not sure she she censored herself in the right place, that was weird of her. To be like, bouncing off the effing walls like a little monkey. Yo, I think you would have censored the racism and just say, I think that would be better, (laughs) but to each their own. I guess I'm just effing crazy that way, you know. (laughs) Also, like, do you know how racist you have to be to see a kid misbehaving and your first instinct is to use a racial slur against him? It's a little kid. Right? We all see kids of every race throw a tantrum or misbehave, and I'm I'm not trying to brag, but personally, I hate all kids equally. Yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not the color of their skin that makes them annoying. It's the content of their shitty character. (laughs) What's especially wild about the story as well is that in the same conversation, she basically implies that because the kid is black, not white, he should be beaten so that he behaves. And I'm sorry, people, if you believe that black kids deserve to be beaten, you have no place being on the LA City Council. You clearly belong in the LAPD. Time, there is one story that has the whole world talking. I'm referring, of course, to Kanye West, rapper, entrepreneur, and the guy who proved that not even black people can make the mega hat cool. Kanye has been drifting more and more to the right lately, from wearing a White Lives Matter shirt to sitting down for an interview with Tucker Carlson, but over the weekend, Kanye drifted right off the deep end.
1: Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, is now blocked from using Instagram and Twitter because of racist and anti-Semitic messages that he posted. On Friday, Instagram was the first site to lock his account. After Kanye posted text messages between himself and the rapper Sean Diddy Combs, in those messages he accused Diddy of being controlled by Jewish people. After Diddy criticized a shirt Kanye was photographed wearing that read, White Lives Matter. Then on Sunday, Kanye posted a series of tweets once again, targeting Jewish people, using the phrase Death Con 3. The rap star lashing out, tweeting, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I am going Death Con 3 on Jewish people. The funny thing is, I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone whoever opposes your agenda.
3: Oh no, Kanye, you gonna do it again? You are gonna do it again? <laughs> I don't even know where to begin with this shit. I mean, promoting anti-Semitism to your 50 million followers, not even joking about it, threatening to go DEF CON 3 on Jewish people, which by the way, I know this is not the point, but that's not how you say it. <laughs> I-, I know it's not the main issue here, I know that. <laughs> but it's DEF CON 3, <laughs> all right? Not DEF CON 3. Right, DEF CON sounds like like a trade show where they unveil all the latest coffins or something. (laughs) It's like, our newest model comes with Bluetooth. Now you can check on to make sure Nana's still there. Just use the app. (laughs) DEF CON. Not to mention the DEF CON scale goes from one to five. So DEF CON three is like in the middle. (laughs) If you're trying to tell people how hard you're gonna go, that's just a weird way to do it, you know? i to open up a can of whip ass, but I'ma put half of it in some Tupperware for later. Uh, <laughs> you've been warned. I don't want to use all my whip ass at the same time." <laughs> also, it's funny that he starts his threat with, "'I'm a bit sleepy tonight." <laughs> what is that? What is that? Does anti-Semitism make you tired? Is that why mega people love the My Pillow guy? Is that what this is? <laughs> but I will say, man, I feel bad for American right-wingers, you know, because they're getting Kanye now. <laughs> I think if they missed college dropouts, my beautiful dark, twisted fantasy graduation, you know, they missed all of, they getting this Kanye? It's like getting to date the high school prom king, but decades after high school. Yeah, it's just like, you remember Chad from high school? Well, he's got uncontrollable flatulence now, yeah! They might even tax him in New Zealand. So, those are the contenders in this week's Amazing Racism. You've got a black guy hating on Jews, a white guy hating on black people, and a Hispanic woman hating on a white guy for how he raises his black kid. You've got like every combination of racism in there. (laughs) And you could find that depressing. You could, and I would understand why. But I myself choose to see this. I choose to see all these things as the glass half full. You know, if everyone is being racist against everyone else, then that means that no matter what color we are, Racism is at least one thing that we all have in common. (laughs) And what a beautiful thought that is.
0: 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the internet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? But there's way more to this story than that. The dress went viral in early 2015, marking one of the last months that the internet could still be fun. It was just before Trump declared his candidacy for president and polarized an already polarized internet. It was just shy of people deciding what went viral instead of algorithms. And it was just shy of celebrities realizing that they should never, ever tweet. It's more than a character of the day. It's an entire moment in time bottled in a little, Well, either blue and black or white and gold package. I'm not relitigating it again. You cannot make it. And that's just one story. We've got a million. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Cruise is planning to shoot scenes for a new movie from the International Space Station. <laughs> Which, good for him. He's <laughs> finally getting to work a little bit closer to his home planet. This is nice. This is... It's all about that work-life balance. No, but seriously, people, Tom Cruise stays winning. Right? He's one of the greatest movie stars and stuntmen. He's doing things that no one has ever done before. Just success after success. So... Maybe Scientology is right? I don't know, I'm just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there. In other space news, remember how NASA slammed a spaceship into an asteroid to test whether they could change its course? Well, yesterday, they officially announced that it was a success. Yeah, yeah. The the asteroid wasn't actually headed to Earth, and they hit it, and now it is. <laughs> so good work, everyone, yeah? You just clap for us dying. I'm, really, I'm not really sure this was all necessary, though, like to, like send a, like a, a vessel up to hit the asteroid, spend all that money. Like, if we're honest, one immigrant mother could have done the same thing <laughs> just by holding up a slipper. That's all she needed to do. <laughs> just be like, come to Earth and see what, ha- come to Earth and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's right, turn that around. Turn that, turn that, turn that asteroid around. <laughs> In, in sports news, NFL star Devante Adams of the Raiders has now been charged with misdemeanor assault for shoving a sideline photographer on Monday. Yeah, luckily, the photographer was attended to by NFL doctors, so he'll be fine. I mean, he died, but the doctors still came to play next Sunday. They said the game must go on. All right, let's move on to some of the biggest stories of the day, starting off with a major story about the gig economy. You know, the gig economy, the reason your Tinder date had to make a stop to deliver Shake Shack. Well, over the past decade, more and more people have been making a living at jobs where the companies they work for are technically not their employers. But now, America's most famous employee might be changing that.
0: All right. A potential game changer for millions of gig workers, the Biden administration proposing a new rule that would reclassify millions of them as company employees. The new rule could have wide ranging impact on profits at Uber, Lyft, DoorDash and other companies that rely on on contractors. With that employee label, workers would be eligible for protections like a minimum hourly wage, overtime pay, jobless benefits and workers comp.
3: Wow. Biden gets this done, it's gonna shake up the world of apps completely. Because you realize right now, the reason delivery and car apps can take in billions of dollars is partly because they don't technically have employees, which is great for them. it's the same way some people aren't technically in a relationship, but they still get all the benefits. (laughs) Yeah, they get the sleepovers, but then they don't have to take care of you when you're sick, you know? It's just like, oh, I'm sorry you're not feeling well. I guess I'll see you when you're ready to smash, bye! Is suggesting is that these companies have to give their workers the benefits that employees would get. And I know that you'll agree with me, no one deserves it more than them, right? Because these people are hard workers. They're driving everywhere, they're biking, They're, they're delivering, they're taste testing our food before it gets to us. This is hard work. So this is a big step for a lot of people in the gig economy. But don't forget, there are drawbacks to being considered an employee. Yeah, like for instance, People singing you happy birthday at work. (laughs) Yeah, you'll love it initially, but once they start on the, how old are you now? How old are you? You'll be like, I have healthcare, but at what cost? (laughs) All right, let's move on to some news about the midterms. The reason your inbox is now full of emails with the subject line, send me $4 or I'll kill myself. (laughs) Let's catch up on some of the tightest races in our ongoing coverage of Vote Demic 2022. Now, any single Senate race in America could determine which party could take control of the Senate, giving them the power to get nothing done for the next two years. (laughs) And few races are closer right now than the one in Pennsylvania. On the Republican side, you have Dr. Oz, famous TV doctor, and proof that even Oprah makes mistakes. And on the Democratic <laughs> side, you have John Fetterman, former lieutenant governor, and dude who's just going off in the marsh pits. This race has hinged on a number of issues, like crime, abortion, and the fact that Dr. Oz has only lived in Pennsylvania for less than two years. Which, is that even a real Pennsylvanian, huh? Has this dude even been in a fistfight in a Wawa parking lot yet, hmm? <laughs> But now another question has begun to take center stage in the race, John Fetterman's health. Back in May, Fetterman suffered a stroke. And even though he's been back on the campaign trail, he still hasn't fully recovered. And now his first major interview since the stroke has everyone talking.
2: Can voters trust that you will be able to do this job on day one? Yeah, of, of course. This is Pennsylvania Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman's first in-person sit-down interview since a stroke sidelined him from the campaign trail for months.
0: That auditory processing, where you know, I'll hear someone speaking, but sometimes I'll be able to be uh, precise on what exactly that they're saying. I use captioning.
2: His campaign required that he be allowed to use a transcription program on his computer during our interview.
0: I always thought I was pretty empathetic. Uh, uh, Emphatic. Uh, I, was, I think I was very, excuse me, empathetic. Uh, you know, that's an example of the stroke, empathetic. Yeah. I, I always thought I was very empathetic uh, before having a stroke. But now after having that stroke, I really understand you know, much more kind of the challenges that Americans have day in and day out.
3: So yeah, this interview came out and now obviously you've got people on the right saying Fetterman forgot a word and he can't understand speech, so he's not fit for the Senate. And look, this is politics. So I get it. People will jump on any weakness to give their party an advantage. I understand that. But, let's be real, people. If stumbling over a word every now and again Uh. disqualified you from politics, (laughs) America wouldn't have had a president for the past six years. (laughs) Huh? Let's be honest. In fact, in fact, at least Fetterman acknowledged that he messed up the word and he corrected himself. Yeah, Biden wouldn't have noticed. And he would have just... Negroes, man. (laughs) And Trump, can you imagine Trump? Trump wouldn't have even acknowledged that at all. Like Trump would have tried to convince us that he actually got the word right. He'd be like, I always knew that I was emphatic and I was, and also empathetic. I was emphatically (laughs) empathetic and so emphatic about being empathetic. Emphatic about emphysema. Do we love emphysema, folks? We love it so much. (laughs) And also, as for needing to read captions because he has a troubled understanding of speech now, I I don't know, is that really a deal breaker, huh? In fact, if you ask me, I think America needs more people in politics who actually know how to read. Maybe that's just how I see it. (laughs) If anything, if anything, needing captions is super relatable these days. Yeah. Have you tried watching House of Dragon without captions? (laughs) It's impossible. I mean, half the characters have the same name. Aegon, tell Aemon to get Rhaenyra to warn Rhaenyra about Egon's dream. But don't tell Viserys, he'll tell Joserys. Did you get that? No, I didn't. I don't know what that was. So look, so look. I'm not, I'm not vouching for Feterman over Dr. Oz or anything like that, but I do think this whole debate is veering into the territory of saying that people with disabilities cannot be lawmakers, which is trash, all right? Especially since America already has disabled lawmakers serving right now. (laughs) It shouldn't be disqualified, right? Dan Crenshaw is missing an eye. Tammy Duckworth lost both her legs, right? And Mitch McConnell, he's literally melting all the time. (laughs) But has he let that hold him back? No! He gets up every day and he vows to keep on working until the moment his face slides (laughs) right off of his skull. No, that's right. Every night I tie my skin into a ponytail. Now, even though the Senate is getting the most attention, there's also a heated race for mayor of Los Angeles, where Congresswoman uh, Karen Bass is facing off against real estate tycoon, Rick Caruso. And in their final debate last night, there was one moment that got everyone's attention. And it's when the moderator mentioned that Karen Bass is a person of color And then Rick Caruso said, uh, me too. And this question goes for the both of you. The next mayor of Los Angeles will be either an African-American woman or
0: a white man. I'm Italian. Italian (laughs) Italian-American. Thank you. That's Latin. Thank you. Latin.
3: (laughs) You're not white. You're Latin?
2: Get
3: the out of here, man. Huh? <laughs> what is that? What is that? We, we all know what this is about, right? This guy's running in Los Angeles, so now he's saying I'm Italian, which is a Latin language, so I'm basically Latino, right? <laughs> and look, I, I'm not—I'm not claiming to be an expert, but if you tell someone you're grabbing Latin food, I think they'll be pretty pissed off when you come back with Olive Garden, right? We cannot agree on that. <laughs> So I think we can all agree that Rick Caruso is just bullshitting here. Cause I promise you when he gets pulled over by the cops, he's not like, hola officer, what is the problem, senor? <laughs> What's funny about this whole thing is that when they came to America, Italians weren't considered white, but then they fought for like a hundred years to change that. Yeah. And let's be honest, any debate was definitely over by the time the Mario trailer came out last week. <laughs> yeah, because Chris Pratt is out here like, it is I, Mario. <laughs> The Senate races are heating up. The mayoral races are heating up. But it turns out, even in the animal kingdom, my friends, elections are being fought tooth and nail.
2: An update on Fat Bear Week. It's the popular bracket. It has been rocked by a big cheating scandal. So each year, people vote on the beefiest bear in Alaska's Katmai National Park before hibernation season. Well, the national park tweeted, quote, like bears stuff their face with fish, our ballot box too has been stuffed. There were thousands of fake votes for bear 747, but even with the fake votes removed, 747 weighed in at 1,400 pounds and still won the semifinal round. Now 747 will face off against Bear 901 for the final round voting start this morning.
3: Yes, my friends, it appears that a voting scandal has tainted the dignity of Fat Bear Week. And don't you dare laugh, don't you laugh. If we cannot trust the sanctity of the fat bear vote, then what can't we trust? <laughs> I honestly don't understand this. Who would even care enough about a fat bear election <laughs> to try and cheat and stuff the ballot box? Who is this person? Who's like, oh, I've got to rig this election? Why? The fattest bear doesn't get any power if it wins. It's not like a bear is gonna win the election and then cut taxes. Wah, wah, I use my claws to cut the taxes. Wah, and now for the zoning laws. What are you doing? <laughs> And by the way, I feel like this story is almost the perfect encapsulation of American culture, right? Because when other countries engage with nature, there's a reverence. You know, it's like, the mighty brown bear, wary of the coming chill, hunkers down for the winter months. <laughs> but with America, it's like, look at this chunky boy! Look at him! He's so chunky! I just want to... Blah, 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 blah. Dude! Oh, my God! Oh, he just ate my arm. Take a picture! the U.S. economy. Remember how the Fed raised interest rates a thousand times in the last week to try and stop inflation? Well, it turns out it didn't work.
1: Breaking news on the economy. Inflation shows no signs of slowing down. The last inflation report before the midterm elections, take a look at some of these numbers, shows that Prices rose 8.2% between September 2021 and September 2022.
0: Gasoline prices up more than 18% from last year. Food prices still up 11%. Turkey up
2: 20% from this time last year. Eggs up 27%, butter 25%. And then look at the little candy corn graphic. Halloween candy up a whopping
0: 34% across the board. That's right, people. Halloween
3: candy. Up 34%. I love how they say it like it's necessary to live. What are we gonna do without it? (laughs) Once again, inflation numbers are out and prices are still going up, affecting everything from gas to Halloween candy. And not only that, razor blades are up 52%. Now what am I supposed to put in the candy? Oh, how do I live? (laughs) I I will say a 34% increase in candy, that is a lot. It's so expensive, parents are gonna start encouraging their kids to get into strange vans, you know? <laughs> just like, look, look, Timmy, the stranger says he's got free candy, and, and in this economy, we gotta take a shot, buddy, we gotta do it. <laughs> you gotta AirTag, I'll find you. Uh, people, all, this, all this inflation is just not sustainable, right? Because here's the thing, inflation is, is, is a lot like masturbation, <laughs> right? Yeah, a little bit is completely natural, but. But once you start noticing it in restaurants and car dealerships, <laughs> things have gotten out of hand. <laughs> and look, if we had more time, we could talk about the Federal Reserve and, and, and it looks like how they're gonna keep raising interest rates to try and curb this rampant inflation because that's basically the only tool that they have. The problem is raising interest rates take so long to filter through the economy that this could be too much raising interest rates and we just don't know it yet. Uh, in some ways, raising interest rates is a lot like taking mushrooms, right? You take some, nothing happens. So you take some more, nothing happens. And then you finish the whole box. And because this stuff clearly doesn't work, what, what is- whoa, whoa. 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 just met God and he's a gorilla. We oh. oh, right. don't have time for this. Because while everyone's bills are going up, one of the worst people of all time just got the biggest bill of all time.
2: Tonight, the stunning verdict conspiracy theorist Alex Jones ordered to pay nearly a billion dollars for spreading falsehoods about the Sandy Hook shooting.
3: Jones was not in the courtroom for the verdict, but immediately reacted on his online show, calling the attorneys for the victim's families ambulance chasers and mocking
2: the verdict.
1: $120 million. Yeah. yeah. Ooh,
2: 57 million, 20 million, 50 million, 80 million, 100 million, blah, blah, You get a million, you get a hundred million, you get a 50 million.
3: Slander damages, damages. They actually believe they're getting this money. It's like they believe all their own stuff. What a dick. You know, I used to watch American movies as a kid and I always thought the bad guys that were in the movies were fake. And then I came to this country and bad guys are literally in their lair, like, you haven't seen the last of me. But that's right, for defaming the parents and the first responders of Sandy Hook when he accused them of faking the shooting, Alex Jones has been ordered to pay $965 million. (laughs) Yeah which is a huge amount of money. You know you up when even your great, great grandkids will have to declare bankruptcy. (laughs) Yeah, he's basically got millions of sperm swimming around in these balls, and every single one of them is a broke ass bitch right now. (laughs) Every single one, every single one. And by the way, by the way, good luck to Alex Jones' lawyer trying to get clients after this, you know? Like, what's your selling point? You know, in my last case, the jury awarded a billion dollars. Wow, to your client? Well, to a client. (laughs) (laughs) Now, if we had more time, we could talk about how Jones' conspiracy theories have only become more mainstream since Sandy Hook and that there's not enough billion-dollar judgments in the world to change the fact that one-fifth of Americans think that Sandy Hook might have been staged. But we can't get into all of that because while Alex Jones's trial is over, Andy Warhol's is just beginning.
0: The Supreme Court heard a case today involving one of the most famous artists in American history.
2: The justices are deciding whether Andy Warhol illegally copied another artist's work. They're among Andy Warhol's most
3: iconic portraits, the silkscreen images of Prince. The image was based on a 1981 photograph by Lynn Goldsmith. She sued Warhol's foundation, claiming copyright infringement. The justices did find some lighter moments when Clarence Thomas revealed his musical tastes.
2: Let's say that um, I'm both a Prince fan, which I was in the 80s, and, um... No longer?
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, only on Thursday night. <laughs>
3: oh, yeah. <laughs> Justice Thomas, I see you, you little freak nasty. Oh. Six days a week, it's shapeless black robes, but then Thursday night hits, and you got that full bush of chest hair popping out. <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of people right now might be wondering why Thomas only listens to Prince on Thursday nights specifically, but you see Clarence Thomas is an originalist and it says right there in the constitution, Thursday night is night. Yeah, it says it. (laughs) It says it. We always go back. I don't know why they put that in there, but they did. But yeah, the big question in this case is if Andy Warhol simply copied the Prince picture or if he made it his own by transforming it. And it just so happens that I am an art expert. Yeah, so I'm uniquely qualified to answer this question. Now, if you compare them, and you look very closely, you'll see he made it red and purple (laughs) with some squiggly things. I'm sorry, I'm such an art geek. that This is probably going all over over your heads. The bottom line is, I think it is different than the other one. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) Now look, now look. If we had the time, we could talk about how it's weird that the Supreme Court is the only place where you get to be an expert on every single issue in the world. It's why, well actually the Supreme Court and Twitter, but we just don't have the time for that. (laughs) Because while the Supreme Court is trying to decide if certain artists are stealing, it's becoming clear that a certain former president Definitely is.
0: This morning, a new twist in the investigation into former President Trump's alleged mishandling of classified documents at his Florida estate. Trump told people to move boxes to his residence at the property after advisors received a subpoena in May for any classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. That witness account was corroborated by security camera footage, which showed people moving the boxes.
3: I'm sorry, Trump is a legend. Who else gets caught committing crimes with their own security cameras? (laughs) Who are you? How are you real? (laughs) You have this guy's there like, hurry, move those classified documents so I can illegally hide them from the FBI. But first, but first, let's all wave at that blinking red light and tell it our names. Donald J. Trump, the J stands for genius. There's something inspiring about it too when you think about it. You know this is actually inspiring because Trump is so bad at crime, but he gets away with so much of it. It just shows us that we could do crime too. (laughs) Yeah, he's like the drunk couple at karaoke. Hearing them screech through, don't stop believing, gives you the confidence to try kiss from a rose. (laughs) And look, if we had a little more time, We could have so much fun talking about how Trump has once again helped the Justice Department crack the case against him. Or we could even get into my personal conspiracy theory that Ron DeSantis and his people are probably the ones who snitched on Trump to get him out of the presidential race. But we don't have the time for that because while the FBI is investigating Trump's mishandling of classified documents, Congress is investigating a whole different Trump crime. And today at their final hearing, the January 6th committee released never before seen footage showing what Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer were doing while Trump's mob was outside asking to have an intimate conversation with Mike Pence's neck. And it was pretty impressive how they were keeping their cool and trying to get stuff done. Everything from phoning the vice president to even trying to call in the National Guard. But one of the craziest moments was when Nancy Pelosi pointed out one really smelly reason the lawmakers might not be able to stay in the Capitol. USA!
0: USA! What we are being told very directly is It's going to take days for the
1: Capitol to be okay again. We've gotten a very bad report about the condition of of the um, house floor with defecation and all that kind of thing as well. I just got off with the vice president. He had the impression for Mitch that Mitch wants to get everybody back to do it there. Yes. I said, that, well, yes. we're getting a counterpoint that is, we could take time uh, to clean up the poo-poo that they're making all over the literally and figuratively in the Capitol.
3: Yep, you heard that right. It turns out right-wing Kwai was shitting, <laughs> or as Nancy Pelosi put it, poo-pooing all over the Capitol. And you know, When when, when I was watching this happen, I thought to myself, it's so interesting how people like Tucker Carlson were calling black people animals when the George Floyd protests were happening. But when these people were literally shitting in the Capitol, Fox was like, these brave patriots are just expressing their frustration and standing up for American democracy. They're they're not the animals? Like, I can tell you for a fact, even in Minnesota, when shit was going down and people were raiding that target, there was no black man who stopped in the middle of all of them and was like, hey, yo, hold up, hold up, hey, yo, hold up. Hey, hold up, hold up. (laughs) Black Lives Matter. But we don't have the time to talk about those moments from the committee because the biggest news of the day is that the January 6th committee has issued a subpoena to speak to the chief of poo-poo himself. Happening now, the January
0: 6th select committee punctuates its final hearing before the midterm elections with a bombshell, a subpoena for former President Donald Trump. So this afternoon, I am offering this resolution that the committee direct the chairman to issue a subpoena for relevant documents and testimony under oath from Donald John Trump. Oh, shit! What? What?
3: That's what the J stands for? Oh, what a bombshell! Oh, and also the fact that they just subpoenaed a former president of the United States. And I mean, hell yeah, finally. How are they only deciding on this now? Huh, only now? It's like doing a whole murder investigation and then on the last day being like, should we like talk to the murderer, yeah? (laughs) He might have some information about the murderer, maybe. (laughs) Now, even after this came out, everyone assumes that Trump is not gonna show up to testify. But I feel like he's gonna be a little conflicted. Yeah, because on the one hand, yes, he thinks this is a crooked witch hunt that is out to get him. But on the other hand, the ratings. (laughs) Can you imagine the ratings? (laughs) This would be like the Super Bowl meets Watergate, meets Game of Thrones, meets a mandatory HR video about sexual harassment. Everyone <laughs> will be watching. Everyone will be watching. And we all know the only thing Donald Trump loves more than ratings is grabbing classified documents by the pussy. And look, whether you like Trump or not, you've got to admit, this dude is a record breaker. First president to be, to be impeached twice, huh? First president to be subpoenaed for staging a coup First president to go to prison, maybe? First president to break out of prison? First president to escape to Mexico? First president to be blocked by his own wall, trying to escape to Mexico! Before we go, the Daily Show's official Vote Demic 2022 merch has just dropped. Proceeds from select items will benefit Headcount, a nonpartisan, nonprofit organization that promotes voter registration. So, if you want to support Headcount and look fresh on Election Day, scan the QR code and head to the link
0: below.
2: The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Subscribe to The
0: Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and stream full episodes
2: anytime on Paramount. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.
0: Sixteenth Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Take the dress. Most people remember it as an optical illusion that went viral, asking everyone on the planet, is this dress blue and black or white and gold? Turns out, that story was way bigger than just an optical illusion. It's a cautionary tale about the decline of clickbait sites, the rise of algorithms and internet polarization, and the end of fun on the internet. Seriously, and that's just one story. We're giving every character their 16th minute. So listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.